Welcome back. This is Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. If you don't know what you clicked on, it's a show about craft beer in Cincinnati. Um, I don't know if I should ever have to actually tell people what they're listening to because you like physically click on it to start the show. So I, I don't know if somebody accidentally downloaded this on your phone when you weren't paying attention and you just stumbled across it. Um, Cincy Brewcast. I'm the gnarly gnome. We jump around from brewery to brewery in Cincinnati and talk to them about what's going on, and we drink their beer, and it's kind of an excuse for me to go and drink beer place. (laughs) (laughs) I'm also getting over a cold, so if my voice sounds terrible, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not really sorry, because I've been the one fighting a cold. You should be the one apologizing to me for having to deal with that but (laughs) (laughs) Um, we're at Rivertown this week I have not been here for a while we sat down with Jason in the barrel room probably um, it was probably yeah it was it was a while ago Um, you have not been on the show in well over forever like two years since Lachlan's yeah yeah, we were definitely in Lachlan's Um, it was Mike's last show Mike's last actual show so um Everybody that's listening to the show, raise raise a glass to Mike while you're listening to this. That is not beer. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, that's as good of a thing to jump into this off the get-go. Let's drink some beer. Um, From the beer fridge. Lindsay Roper, and I didn't get your last name. Moffat. Justin Moffat. Justin Moffat. Um, you are director of... Sales? Everything. Sales and ideation. Uh, I knew there was something else in there. Pushing the envelope (laughs) and pushing the beer out the door. Um, You brought me a nice little flight of some things here. I definitely can smell one of them. We'll Mm. talk about that. I don't know if I should drink that one first or wait until the end to drink that one. It's there's a lot of sour there. That's a good one to start with because I think it's a good conversation. Set this one closest to me here. Yeah. Um, So this is high. 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 Not as in well. I guess if the TTV is listening, as in the greeting, you tell people, hi. Stands for hop infused. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, um, I can say that this beer smells like weed. Like, very strongly, it smells like weed even sitting across the table from me. <laughs> um, I think the uh, the hop term is danky, right? Yes, that is um, accurate. So tell me, what, <laughs> I can't even smell without laughing. Um, tell me what's going on with this beer. Is this... Um, just hops or is there some kind of oils going on here too it is a combination so you know it i'm having a problem recalling how this beer originally came about if you want to talk to that justin yeah and i think i remember i was in my first few weeks yes in i know it's been such a whirlwind i walk in and all you smell is weed in the brewery and i was like where am i working <laughs> what is going on and jason's like nope we're oh, trialing yeah. this flavoring and essence and hemp hearts. We're trying to see. We want to create an IPA that's something different. There's a lot of IPAs in the city. He's pushing the envelope on a lot of stuff upcoming, and this is one that he said he tried it in a bunch of different formulas and tasted the flavoring and how it works. And after approvals in certain levels, I'm going to hop this with exclusively CTZ. It's going to be dank. And you're going to smell it. It's going to have <laughs> as much of an aromatic as you smelt on an IPA in a long time. It, it, so it definitely smells big and danky, but there's like a really good kind of almost hempy flavor going on too. Like it's nice and like earthy. And I think sometimes, so New Belgium did their, what was it? The, the Hemper, Hemper. Mm-hmm. which 
again, you know, as soon as you pour it, you immediately get hit with that that big danky aroma. But then the the flavor didn't match up to me, which I didn't like about that beer. Whereas this, like this, this has a really good kind of uh, hearty thing going on yeah. in, the, in the middle. It's it's good. It's indescribable in many ways. The process of going through, and I remember that now because I was sitting in my office on the phone on a conference call, and Jason and Eddie, one of our production team members, walked by, and I just get this huge <laughs> whiff of weed, and I'm like, uh, "Excuse what me, is come going back here." On? I'm like, "What's going on here?" And then Jason brought in the samples, and the office smelled like weed for a solid day and a half. Um, but what the goal was with this, and Jason and the team totally knocked it out of the park, is that we didn't want it to be just a, a kitschy beer like, oh, cool, it smells like weed. Like, we really wanted it to taste compelling, and it totally does. Well, you know, it's, I don't know who I was talking to one time about gimmicky beers. You know, it's, it's really easy to make a gimmicky beer. and Yes. I don't think it's wrong to make a gimmicky beer. This is definitely a gimmicky beer. But it's a really good gimmicky beer, and I think that there's that's there's something really fun about that, and something that I think a lot of people have lost touch with in in yes. beer. You know, they take things very seriously, and um, this is great. Yeah, the label on it is quite funny too. That was a journey. So we first got the keg collar approved, and then when we're getting the label approved, it actually went like all the way up the ranks at the TTB. Uh, to their top brass because they were not happy that it made it that way that far through the process because at one point in time they were like actually seeing the label and how high is they're like we see what you're doing here we're in ohio (laughs) so if you look on the label it says does not contain hemp we had to be very very specific with the language we used in the uh, statement of composition which is it's hemp type natural hemp type flavoring um, but this is a really incredible product. We have a new uh, flavor partner, and they are totally bold and very inventive in everything that they do. And the stuff, the products that they put out are just incredible. So, yeah, we were able to kind of do this, this proprietary blend of delicious dankness on a whole other level. Completely off the wall. This is, uh, this is interesting. And, uh, I mean... It's a it's a joke. Like people can kind yes. of see that, right? Come on, <laughs> lighten up, guys. We're just a friendly brewery. We just like to say hi to everybody. That's right. Well, it, you know, it, it it's Ohio. Come on, Ohio. Come on. Oh, wow. yeah. see, didn't even think about that. Yeah, you marketing gold. This would this would probably be really great up in Columbus. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Since football season is also starting right now. This, this would be really popular on some college campuses. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what do we have next? Keep me rolling through these. Or else we'll just sit here and drink beer the whole time and not really get to talk. Great question. I know what the take third a, one is. Take a sip. I believe the second one is lemon bar. This one? I've got a, a pint of lemon bar here, too. So, Yes, this is lemon bar. Um, this is another one of the new ones. So you guys have kind of fired on all cylinders here with the uh, kind of the light drinkable sour game. Is, is that a good way to put it? Um, packaging in general, you guys have been firing on all cylinders in the last few months. Um, roll through some of them for me here since I don't have a list in front of me that we've seen. Um, obviously, uh, I carried a watermelon. Yes. Lemon bar. Uh-huh. High. Blueberry. Blueberry. The return Bring of Blueberry. Bring it back to favorite. Controla. 
Victrola. I feel like there was Pineapple more. Whip. Pineapple Whip. And Do Improper was right before that. That yeah. was the first step in evolution of the package and cans, moving to all cans. Yes. It's been a fun journey of working with some new creative partners who, when I started, I said, let your freak flag fly a little bit. I'll rein you in when I need to, but we want to show our friendly side, interactive side, and show the beer's personality for the first time. I think when I join, Jason does such a good job at imagining liquid, imagining flavors and bringing it to life. I felt the package didn't always show that. And right. it deserved to be shown. That's why you look at Lemon Bar, you can almost taste it by looking at it and matching it up. Um, cool stories on names. Like, I carried a watermelon. If you look at the packaging, it's a wood background with neon signs. And that is actually a quote from Dirty Dancing. It is the background from the scene in the movie. Of the beginning of the movie when the two main characters meet. And Baby is holding a watermelon. And all she can say, because she's so taken aback, is, I carried a watermelon. <laughs> and that was the beginning of all the changes, just like in the movie. We're on our way up to change things, building to a climax. And that was... A unique, creative way to express that in one of our first beers after I joined. It's, it's, it has definitely been fun seeing this kind of spark reignited here. Not, mm-hmm. that, not that there wasn't a spark here for a while, but you know, it, when you do something of this scale, you know, there's, there's definitely a period of catching up and, and oh, yes. growing into it and catching your breath, too. You know, it's, it was a it was big, big transition. And to see you guys finally have that moment where it's like, all right, now we can do this again, and now we can kind of let loose and, and be who we are. And um, every one of these beers is huge personalities and definitely Rivertown personalities, finally. You know, you know, again, not to say that anything else wasn't, but no, um, well, this, I, is, this, is, this is definitely you guys. It really speaks to the power of having the right people in the right places and the right team members, and that really is... Over these last eight months, having everybody in the right places, getting in fresh faces, experienced faces, has changed things so much because it frees Jason and I up to be able to really just... got to finish this this high. This guy's probably smell. (laughs) But Jason is able to be focused on what he loves and what he does best with innovating and creating and brewing and working with the production team. And Justin coming on and just with his experience and seeing things a different way and really pushing us to fulfill what we didn't always know that we could, if that makes sense. Because right. it's easy. It's easy to get kind of hung up in like all the little stuff or like, well, this is the way it was or this isn't working, so let's change this. And just kind of taking a step back. And it's been a really intense, crazy four months in terms of just production and labels and getting all this stuff out there but yeah we have an incredible team and that's why all of this is really starting to come to life in a significant way um i so lemon bar tastes like a lemon bar yeah it's uh it's nice and tart definitely like that 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 fresh lemon uh, zesty kind of thing but then it's got this doughy thing in the background like it's, it tastes like a lemon bar if you've ever had that lemon bar dessert it's exactly what it tastes like it's it's delicious um dead on you guys nailed it yeah that is jason chose to use english caster sugar in that beer and it really set off a totally different flavor profile we were all we were blown away with it the first time we tried it when we were done we're like oh my gosh like you can take like it tastes like a lemon bar right. exactly what the name is again kind of gimmicky but done perfectly so that the gimmick is is 
just a vehicle for a good beer, if that makes any sense. Like it's yes. especially with the weather, what it's been hot outside. This is nice and tart and refreshing, and it's awesome. Well done. Thanks. What's next? I believe we have I Carried a Watermelon as the next one down here. This one? Yes. So basically, Lemon Bar actually comes after that in our Rotational Sour series. We're going to have a new Rotational Sour, pushing the envelope a little bit. So this one you don't see very often, but it's an Imperial Goza. Alcohol is higher taste it you won't taste that alcohol it's so well balanced with so much depth and flavor at the addition jason when he first came up with the recipe i was like how is this gonna work (laughs) but adding black sesame seeds black hawaiian sea salt real watermelon persian lime peel and then that touch of coriander which blew my mind on the recipe i was like okay but it gives it a depth it gives it a depth that if you go to a beer competition people look for that depth newer consumers it's a sour it's a goza the alcohol is high but it gives you so much mouthfeel and watermelon that it's just something different it's a different way of doing it i think in our rotational sour same as the ipas we're going to push the envelope outside of what you see everywhere i mean it's definitely it's definitely a goza but that that the way that watermelon is incorporated in there it comes off really big right in the middle and kind of fills it all out and it um kind of goes into a different spot than I think a lot of the gozos that we're, we're used to. And I guess the the alcohol being boosted up in there too kind of helps with that to kind of fill it out and um, turn it into something else. Again, it's awesome. It, uh, you know, it, hard to, to follow up a watermelon beer after nice melons, but um, this one kind of steps up and says, no, this is this is a watermelon beer. And it uh, it's, it's fantastic. I've heard Lots of people raving about this when they tried it for the first time. Um, the salt is done extremely well in it. Like it, it just it it, it lifts that watermelon flavor. You know, there's there's a lot of people that dump salt on their watermelon, which I think is kind of weird. But it's it, really uh, good. It does. It it, <laughs> it 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 lifts that watermelon flavor to a different spot. And this one again, extremely refreshing when it's hot outside. It's it's delicious. I put a few of these actually couple growlers back by the pool this summer (laughs) it's dangerously drinkable and that's something that we've really been capitalizing on with the talent that jason has because he's almost been brewing for 20 years now so being able to tap into his head and just free him up from stuff that he shouldn't be doing so he could just innovate has been so powerful these last few months right it's we're all reaping the benefits yes yes (laughs) let's let's keep rolling through these What's the second one? Bet you could smell mystery, mystery beer. Controller. Oh yeah. Oh, good. Perfect one to talk about. So, Czech pilsners are one of my um, one of my test styles for people. You know, if you brew a Czech pilsner, I can see exactly what's going on with yes. you. And I did not think this one was going to be as as fantastic as it is. I thought it would have some kind of Rivertown personality to it. You know, something else going on, something else to it. And, you know, it's just a, like a, a really fantastic Czech Pilsner. Like, just dead on. Every ingredient gets its little moment to shine. Just fantastic. Why, 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 why do this? 
So Jason loves, loves, loves to brew different lagers. Like, he's very skilled at it. And this beer totally blew all of us away. And we actually didn't know about a lot of the detail that him and Brad and Zach went into in brewing this beer. So they actually cleaned the entire brew house and grist case and mill of anything American. So completely clean, yes. Um, of course, we used all Czech malt and Czech sauce hops. Jason totally deconstructed the water profile and rebuilt it to as closely match the water profile in Pilsen as possible. So this is truly as authentic as you can get it in America. And in coming up with the name, uh, one of our reps, Lauren, actually came up with it because we're like, okay, originally the name, and this is actually one of Jason's homebrew recipes like from way back in the day that he loved to brew and when he brewed it it was called check check pills so that's kind of where we were starting and then with everything else we're just like "Mm, could be something different i'll let justin take over from here because then they figured out the name it was too authentic to give a name that wasn't gimmicky but very common check check a great name overall we're like check check one two what can we do and we're sitting there we're going through the check dictionary of words, and then I watched them go through this process of cleaning tanks and building, and they've been talking about it and talking about it. And we finally tasted the beer, and it's so authentic. Like it needs a Czech name, it needs a Czech label. It's got gold foil, it stands out. And we're going through the whole thing, and controller is the word to check. You get a bit of a play on words because it's Czech beer, but it, the process of making it was to check every element of the system, right. check every ingredient. So controller means to check in the process. Well, I think a lot of people don't realize how much time and effort you have to put into making a beer like oh. this. How many things like that that you have to really do. I mean, it really, one thing that's off in this, and it's going to jump out in front of everything else, and it's gonna, yeah. that's going to become the showcase. And, and I've had those beers. And it's been, that was a 60-day fermentation, and they also went through a natural carbonation process called spunding as well. So this was totally self-carbonated, and... There is a lot of waiting involved in it, and it is one of those things. I mean, Jason continues to, I think we're all kind of blown away. I mean, I'm more familiar with him because I've worked with him for so long and been married to him, but I think Justin can speak to this too, where it's like, okay, how is this going to work? And then it's just like, wow, because we don't, we don't do test batches. Jason right. just has that knowledge, and here we go. Well, it so the beer itself has this really great mineral thing to it which you know yeah. kind of plays to the water um there's also like and I, i've gotten you know people tell me i'm wrong what i'm tasting here but there's like a sulfury kind of thing that that comes in afterwards which i guess is is a hop thing i don't know but um i i love it I, it's it's absolutely fantastic <laughs> like this is um I, I don't want to say it's it, it, it's definitely one of the best Pilsners I've had in, in this city for sure um, is this going to be seasonal? Are we going to see this on a returning basis? So this be, <laughs> please tell me this will be year round <laughs> I pushed for that right away as soon as it came out I was like Jason this beer has to stay man, this is the hardest beer to make in our portfolio. Because <laughs> they had to do all the malt. was like right. They were putting 50-pound bags because I was like, oh, yeah, we could bring this back next year, and it will be great. And he's like, are you crazy? And I'm like, we'll all help. It will be fine. But, yeah, it's, it's incredible. Such, such a good beer. Jason's been researching, too, just different, because we are so skilled at doing lagers, just different international lagers. So we'll definitely see some neat oh, stuff yeah. coming. 
Um, I, I'm a huge Dortmunder fan, and the only people locally that make a Dortmunder is Braxton. And then you have to go to Great Lakes to get a, yes. another good Dortmunder, and there's there's not many around. And that's another one that's fun with the, the water profile and what it does to the beer. Um, Dortmunders are fun. It's incredible. It is a great style. Um, talking about lagers, you guys um, have a pretty good dunkel that's popped up time and again. It's in the teens um, right now. <laughs> it, <laughs> is, it is dunkel season for me. Yes. <laughs> okay, so we're going to see dunkel again. Yes. I've heard a couple rumblings about some other things that might be returning. Is there anything oh. that you guys are willing to talk about? Everyone asks for pumpkin. Uh huh. All the time. Uh huh. I've never actually tried this beer, so it's the legend of pumpkin for me. I've been here long enough, but I hadn't tried it. Pumpkin will return yes. in limited release yes. on draft at the brewery, limited cans, new design, yes. standout. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Do you have a picture of the label? Wait till you um, see it. It's fantastic. Yes. Um, so <laughs> when I was talking to my wife the other night and we were laying out the kind of the week schedule, I said, I've got a Rivertown show on Friday. And she said, oh, can you do me a favor? And I said, she said, will you ask them about pumpkin? Because I really need pumpkin back. And I said, I will ask. Um, so it just so happens that about the same time that you guys discontinued pumpkin everybody else did too and we went from having a lot of pumpkin beers around to not having any yes <laughs> and i think i think you, you you upset the city of cincinnati quite a bit with uh yeah with the your timing on was, that. Uh, was intense for sure oh my god i love it okay so if i can describe it to people it's uh you, you if you if you're familiar with the kind of current river town branding that's on the the cans the background is black with lots of orange accents. The logo's in orange. And then there's this really surly-looking pumpkin that's hanging out and uh, uh, sitting in somebody's... It's... Uh, I love it. <laughs> it's going to look It's gonna look awesome on a shelf. Yes. It's going to pop with everything else that's around. Right, man, this is... And it's interesting. With the technology and packaging now, and even doing the labels we're doing, is it'll be matte. It'll be shiny in different areas. Yeah. And the whole thing is it says right on it, the legend of the pumpkin returns. I'm like, this is a 90s horror movie. Yes. Going to stand out. And everyone, since I started, Facebook messages, emails, everything. When is pumpkin coming back? My wife, when is pumpkin coming back? And it's coming back. Yes. We're very excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled about that. Anything else returning? Because you guys also discontinued your winter ale. I would, I would like that to come back. I think at this current moment in our rotational program, you're going to see a lot of new. Right. Pushing the envelope on the Hop Forward series, different types of... You're just not going to have a regular pale ale. You're not going to have a regular single hot pale ale. There's a lot of them in the market, so we're pushing when it comes to brute style. It's not going to be a regular brute style. It's going to push the envelope a bit. We're pushing into a triple category so, with New Zealand hops, different types of IPAs in our rotational because our standouts and our focus is developing a great sour program, good lagering, but we want to round out the portfolio 
to show people the different elements that are across the U.S. on hops and our own spin. So you'll get your Rivertown spin you talk about on some hop profiles, and then the Sour series is going to continue to evolve into some dark and different stuff as well. What about some hops with a little bit of rye thrown in? Maybe a uh, hop bummer. (laughs) 2019 you'll see some magic returns that we won't talk about too much now and i think the whole goal here is to innovate be bold and inventive but bring back the classic favorites and that's like throwback thursday beers people keep asking and that's what i said the first thing when i joined is you guys have so many popular beers where are they and jason likes to create at the end of the day he likes to create but we're going to bring back some classics and a rotational and you'll people will enjoy them i think i think there's a lot of people that um, with this move all the way to Monroe from Lachlan, um, the the jump into a lot of new beers, you know, the the lager and, the, and and things like that, you know, it's it was a change for a lot of people that had fallen in love with something that used to be Rivertown for them. So seeing some things come back here and there is going to start to perk up a few ears and get some people to be like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Remember, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's so it's been since. Well, it's been such an interesting evolution. Sometimes Jason and I are so close to everything that looking back, it's like, oh, man, why did we do that? That didn't make sense. And having an outside perspective and also realizing, too, how many great beers there were and that we just were like, nope, we're not going to do them anymore. And to be able to have been in business long enough to be able to do throwback beers is really exciting. And it's going to be really exciting to taste some of these beers again, like Hot Bomber, if that is happens to be in the 2019 calendar. <laughs> no pressure. And Pumpkin. Um, and some of those beers. It's really exciting. So, since we're on the topic of Rivertown of old versus Rivertown of new, yeah. can we talk about Lachlan? Yeah. Uh, what's going on with Lachlan? So, Lachlan, I think, I think this is pretty common information, but last March, uh, when it came time, so we were operating underneath a mobile catering license down there. And when it came time for our license to renew, the health department, who are super awesome partners, um, you know, they were like, you know, you're not really mobile catering here. This is more of like a, a restaurant situation. And that area wasn't zoned for restaurants, etc. And with opening Monroe, we knew what we wanted to do. We wanted to do really right down there. And as we started looking into it and renovating the space, and we did not own that space, but looking at renovating the space, talking about different concepts that we wanted to bring down there, we're talking about pizza, Jason started building out the kitchen. And as we started getting into it, in order to really do it right at the level that we wanted to, and to be able to get a full restaurant license down there, the expense was well, well, well over six figures. And... The building in Lachlan has been up for sale as well for a number of years, and there were rumblings that maybe there was somebody coming in and purchasing it, and we felt really uncomfortable with the unsureties of the Lachlan building in general of making that type of investment into a space that we're not really sure what was going to happen with, and if a new landlord came in and was like, yeah, we don't want you here. So we've been subleasing parts of our space. Uh, We actually have, we've been able to add to kind of the artisan space, which is really cool, uh, we are renting some of the space to my artisano, who is a local cheesemaker. So you have Laturza down there and Fab Ferments, cheesemaker. And I 
cannot disclose who it is, but I can tell you that there is a another brewery that's going into that space. Mm. So we now somebody have somebody that we know. Yes. Mm. We now have so we have four thousand square feet in Lockland that we're using as storage. I'm trying to think of a uh, <clears throat> a fun little way I can word this to give it <laughs> give it like a question that would be leading. <laughs> I know, I'm like, oh. So yeah, so. Lachlan for us now we use as as storage space. We still have our thirty barrel system down there and everything. Obviously, it's all deconstructed. Um, we really look forward though to doing some events and seeing having more of a presence in that area with our other partners that are down there between Fab Ferments and Laturza. So sad because we obviously we love Lachlan. That's our heritage, uh, but also very excited that there is a brewery that's going in there to kind of take the reins. I think there's there's a lot of people, um, I don't want to say in the neighborhood because it's not really in a neighborhood, but you know people in that area yes. that are going to be very happy to see somebody else there and uh, have that spot they can go and just grab a beer after work. And yeah. That's fun. I came across a video the other day of that I took. We were just having a, a hopping night. It was a Friday night and just remembering the energy in that space and how it looked and how it felt. It's like... Yeah, yeah it was, it's really cool. It was, it was very different. It's you know, there's, it's as craft beer in Cincinnati just keeps growing. Like it's it's fun to see the different things mm-hmm. that, that happen. But you look back at some of these other places. You know, you look at, at, at Rivertown when Rivertown first started. You know, Mount Carmel when it was just yeah. that tiny little bar in the corner of the tap room. And like there's there was an energy to those places that not only doesn't exist now. It can't exist now. Like the, the whole thing is, everything is very different now. There's craft really beer is, is very different now, and it's um, it's fun to look back on it. But um, I know there's a lot of people that just desperately want to recapture that somehow. Right, <laughs> right, yes. I um, <laughs> I was talking to uh, somebody from from Mad Tree the other day, and you know they still have the 1.0 space. Mm-hmm. It's the the barrel warehouse now. But it's still 1.0. If you walk in there, it, you can still see 1.0, and I. I was talking to somebody and I said, well, you know, you could just turn it into like a speakeasy and like, just don't tell anybody that it's open and just put a tap room in there. And then if you know, you can go in there and you can sit down and you can have a beer at 1.0 and not tell anybody. Yes. <laughs> I think that would be really fun. Something like that. So um, completely off topic. Let's, let's drink another beer. Keep working me through here. I believe we have pineapple whip 3984. And this is Praxis, which Ooh. is our creek. That is a gorgeous beer. Go for that it. That is really pretty. Um, uh, you said pineapple thirty nine eighty four. All right, stay in the lagers. I think we've I think we've drank thirty nine eighty four on the show before. Probably, I probably drank that with Jason last episode. Delicious, but. super crushable. It's in cans now, which I is hate, great. I hate that description of crushable. It's so terrible. Everybody uses it now. Oh, um, although I always call them like nice and refreshing, and that's just as bad. But. Um, it's really good. You want to drink lots of it. It's a it's a perfect beer to have at a barbecue restaurant. It washes down barbecue and tastes delicious while it's doing it. It's it's great. Yes, this beer is named after the first two numbers of the latitude and longitude of of the local area of Dayton, Cincinnati, and Northern Kentucky. So this is our more domestic than a domestic all mall craft domestic delicious beer. It. Pales in comparison now after Controlla. Oh, I know. It's like, 
it um it's it don't get me wrong it's a great beer but um control it just has so much personality to yes. it this is this is just a great lager just mm-hmm. you know that if you come in with somebody that does not like craft beer um i would point them towards this over the control even though they think they like pilsners they have yes. no idea this is just a good middle of the road easy drinking beer that is um, our number one seller inside the barrel house People love the 3984, but we love being able to have beers, and that's something that's always been important to us is to have a wide variety of styles done really, really well. So no matter who interacts with Rivertown, we have a beer for everyone. What I think is so crazy is how good sour beer goes with barbecue, mm. which was something I never appreciated until you guys opened up Ooh, here. My mouth is watering. Um, they, you know, <laughs> if you if you get a bottle of lambic or you know the, the goose with a big barbecue dinner, like it does. It, like, it's happening yeah, I don't like. <laughs> um, it, it like it hits that perfect spot with the, the sauce and it, you know the, the the tart. Oh man, it's if you have not done that, come here. You can get you can get bottles of the lambic, which is something we need to talk about too when we're going to see more of that. But um, <laughs> uh, it's 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 fantastic with with a meal. It so um, it becomes uh, you know it's. I think a lot of people give um, brew pubs crap if they do barbecue or they do pizza or one of those kind of normal like you know brew pub foods Mm -hmm. and they don't quite appreciate when you have those specific beers that just nail it with those foods like it's yeah it's one thing to do something like nine giant and have this crazy rotating menu of these things that are just insane but to have have like a good core menu and good core crazy you know in a lot of ways beer that just that just nails those flavors perfectly you guys you guys have done something fantastic with that so we have an incredibly talented team and it's our kitchen director zach back there and his team and josh who leads the barrel house team up here they blow me away with some of their inventiveness and their ingenuity and everything is scratch made too so we really want to we we love to share things with people great food and great beer and great conversation and that's what the barrel house is all about we'll make it worth the trip it's definitely worth it absolutely um let's drink some pineapple whip and talk about that then we'll take a break and then we'll get into the real sour side sounds Um, awesome so pineapple whip tell me tell me about pineapple whip um well so i'll give my story first my my niece and nephew and i guess you know their parents too went down to disney for the first time this (laughs) summer and they came back and not the kids but the parents the whole time have just been talking about their their dole whatever they call them down there and you know this this is fantastic you can't can't get anything like that and i said well no you need to go to rivertown you've got to try this (laughs) beer and we came up here and had dinner one night and everybody fell in love with it yeah um it is on nitro it is phenomenal. It is. It is. It, it nails exactly what it's supposed to be. So, fill in the details a little bit for people that have no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah, here. sure. So this beer came about. We had an opportunity to. We developed three different recipes for Disney and the wine and garden festival or wine and beer festival right. that they do. So. Jason grew up in between Cincinnati and Florida, and of course, being in Florida and Orlando, he spent a lot of his time at Disney World and had very specific, fond memories of this Pineapple Dole Whip. 
so as we were formulating these recipes and talking about this, naturally, pineapple whip made so much sense. And as Jason got more into it and got into all the technical geeky stuff, I mean, this is the beer that came out of it. And it's a perfect balance. Like, it's, it's creamy. We have lactose in it. It has beautiful pineapple flavors in it. It doesn't really taste very much like beer to me. I mean, it tastes like, like it tastes like pineapple Dole Whip if you've ever had it. And again, if you happen to be having dinner at a certain barrel house, yes, my God, like after you eat your food and you get one of these, like it's a perfect like dessert beer. Oh, like so it, good! It's so delicious. It's really good with vanilla ice cream in it too. Oh my God! Why have I never tried that? Oh my God! Yep. <laughs> Um, it's great if you if you have not tried it, um, you might be able to still find cans around on shelves in some cans places. Are tough. You can definitely come up here and um, get growlers. Um, it is it is on draft here, but look around and if you see them, fire it off on social media so everybody can yes. tell where they yeah. are. <laughs> it's really tough out there um, now. Sold it's, out fast. It's a really fun one to have like stashed in the fridge, and like when you start talking about beer with people, it, you, it's it, it, it kind of it's, it's mind blowing when you try it the first time. So. Thank you. Um, do that. Let's let's take a quick break. I want to talk about um, the sour side, which, um, as everybody knows, is uh, kind of the soul of Rivertown. I think yes. so. We'll be right back. Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. You know, there's no need to be an uptight. <laughs> beer, beer is about having fun. The dream, the dream is definitely the fact that we went from homebrewing in a garage to where we are today, right? That is, that is the dream. Where we go from here, we're gonna, we're gonna continue to figure out as we grow. Uh, we, uh, and we don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. Can you have more fun with your clothes on? I don't think so. <laughs> You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. This is Steve Shaw. This is Eric Bosler. Hi, my name is Gamal Nagy. Hey, y'all. This is Sean Willingham. This is Brett Coleman-Baker. Hi, I'm Scott LaFollette. Hi, this is Evan Rouse. Cellar Dweller Craft Beers. Darkness Brewing. Rivertown Brewing Company. Submissible Brew Works. Urban Artifact Brewing. Blank Slate Brewing. Braxton Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky. In Cincinnati. In Northside. In Hamilton, Ohio. Bellevue, Kentucky. Mar, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast. Cincy Brewcast. And you're listening to Cincy Brewcast. The voice. The voice. The voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs> Hi, this is Mike Stokes from Cincy Brew Bus. Cincinnati's craft beer scene is growing, and we want to take you to those locations. Here at Cincy Brew Bus, we love to introduce people to craft beer here locally in Cincinnati. We have an amazing craft beer scene. We have lots of routes to choose from and a lot of different places we can visit. Cincy Brew Bus is Cincinnati's premier and original craft brewery tour. We're the number one rated tour for breweries on TripAdvisor. We're the number one rated food and drink experience on TripAdvisor. And we're also the number two total tour overall on TripAdvisor here for Cincinnati. At Cincy Brew Bus, we provide a VIP tour experience for the novice and for the expert craft beer drinker. We like to take you out, show you how the beer is made, tell you about Cincinnati's rich brewing history, and at the same time, have fun, do some trivia, and drink some locally made fresh craft beer. I look at I look at the Bud Light drinkers out there as a you know a forest of the harvested. They're all out there and, and 
They don't know any better yet, but they will. You don't you don't ever hear somebody say, Yeah, I used to drink that craft beer crap. But I <laughs> I went back to my bud like you don't hear that, do you? No, you don't. You're listening to Cincy Breakfast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Sensi Brewcast, the voice of Sensi Craft. If if you just tuned in to the podcast, that I don't think you can just tune in on. If you clicked on this and then fast forwarded ahead, um, we're at Rivertown. We're talking about a uh, little bit of everything. We've been drinking a lot of beer, and um, now we're going to talk about kind of the bigger picture stuff. Well, no, we're still going to drink some beer. We need we need to, we need to get to this <laughs> one. So, uh, what is this one called again? This is now Praxis. It is a creek. Creek. So cherries in a sour, kind of sour base. Is it? This one is a blend of, there are one, two, and three-year-old Lambic barrels that Jason and Brad blended together. And then we blended, we blended it with a blend of Belgian Charbake cherries as well as Michigan tart cherries. Oh, holy hell. That is good. Um, so the cherry, it looks like the cherry is going to be over the top because of the color, but man, that's straight up funky lambic deliciousness. That is good. <laughs> oh, man. It's so um, awesome. Before we dig in, <laughs> uh, we need to talk about the lambic thing. So I've been on a kick for the last, I don't know, six shows or something since I got in trouble. We did a show out in in Athens, and uh, again, if anybody that was on that show is listening, I'm very sorry. I'm not offended. Um, I hope I did not offend you. I hope I'm not going to offend you, but uh, somebody called a beer a lambic, and we were very strictly and grumpily corrected that you cannot brew a lambic beer in the United in States. The States. <laughs> mm. Um what is your stance on this uh, crazy, bullheaded, grumpy stance of beer? So it's really interesting. So when we take a look at TTB standards, there you have to do one of two things, right? So if we brew a Berliner, it has to either say Berliner style or it could say Berliner Weiss, and then underneath it has to say made in the USA. Right. For some reason, and that's with really Czech style, you right. name it. For some reason, that never filtered down to the Lambic category. And <laughs> coincidentally, many years ago at GABF, Jason was there. And Peter from New Belgium came up to Jason and engaged him in that very same conversation of like, this is not a Lambic. It's not brewed in Belgium, etc., etc. So that's always been something that's in the back of our mind. Like, in general, we want to respect that style because we love it so much. Um, at the same time, this is just me personally. I'm like, it's odd that the TTB hasn't made it like Lambic style, but it's, it's also I don't odd. Know. I it's feel also like, odd that anybody gives a shit. I mean, like nobody cares about Pilsner. Nobody cares. Right. Nobody cares about Dortmunders. Nobody cares about New England IPAs. Nobody. Nobody cares about any of that stuff. And all of a sudden, 
there's this one style that people get like this it's weird really yeah stick up their butt about and say you, know, you can't brew a lambic with you know, I don't know so yeah we wanted to going into this and Justin can talk about this too we wanted to take a look at our sour program and brand it a little bit more significantly than we have in the past because we've always called it our barrel aged sour program but as we look to wanting to reach a wider net of people with these beers and get them intrigued in in the wild sour style of beers that we've been doing for so long the category or our yeah our category is called the knowledge series now and I'll let Justin tell the story no and I think it's <laughs> it's Jason's passion if you ever get him into the conversation, he will go on and on about Nottingham Forest and this is what happened and this is why this was created. And he won his what his big brewing award was the yeah, Elderberry. Yeah, the long shot. Yeah, com- so competition this, with this the is his Lambic. since he started brewing. This is what he loved. Yeah. We fell into. You know, Rivertown was making crazy sour beers before before it was cool. Before oh, yeah. anybody understood what the hell that was. Before like, you know, it's what started the brewery. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And in a local market, I think we're rebranding as the Knowledge Series so Jason can get out and talk about it. We're going to put him in front of people so we can talk about the series of it. We're going to talk about each individual style, the history. So, yes, it's a Lambic, American style, American sour, however you want to say it. But he is so passionate and so traditional. Same thing with Controla is that he needs to tell these stories and educate the local consumer. There's When it comes to the breadth of the beer knowledge in the market is that there's a lot of new consumers the craft is growing we want to educate all of them on it so we're going to rebrand the beers as the knowledge series new names like praxis it is based on aristotle's levels of knowledge and um all the different terms and so you'll see a lot of new stuff pushing the envelope a little bit but a lot of tradition but being able to tell the story behind it, why it's this way, this is how it tastes, and then going into our back in the barrel room, every story has a every barrel has a story. Mm-hmm. It's watching them go through the process of blending is that it's so intense, and J- like Jason's face changes as soon as he walks back there. And I want to put that out there. I want him to talk about it, and that's one of the reasons I joined Rivertown is that I want Jason to get out and talk more about it. Let's free him up, make yes. his good beer. Breweries evolving. The barrels have to sit for over a year to get their seal back. They're coming back. You'll see a lot of things. And we're going to Fobab shortly. Yes. We're entering Woo! two beers in the Festival Barrel Age Beer. So you'll see something new on top of the creek coming out as well, too. Awesome. Um, so we were, we're definitely going to see Lambic returning to shelves at some point. Yes. We are working on securing a bottling line. So right now we're doing some draft-only releases and blending them together. And then we are working on figuring out what type of bottle that we want it in and then getting a bottling line Fantastic. specifically for the sours. Fantastic. If mm-hmm. if you have never like dove into this side of what Rivertown is, like you can take a bottle of the Lambic or the Goose or you know, the Goose style, Lambic style, whatever you want to call these things. If you, <laughs> it's it's one thing when you get them quote unquote fresh, which they're not Young. Yeah, young, I guess yes. is a good way to put it. If you stash them away and just try them over the years, these beers just keep evolving and keep changing and keep turning into some really, really incredible things. And uh, I, I think it's very underappreciated what, what is going on in that in that barrel room there. Yeah, you know, it's something, too, where it's like you just kind of walk by and you don't think much about it. You walk by 50 times a day and then 
you kind of just stop or when you have the opportunity to talk about it, it's so amazing what's going on inside of those barrels and the living organisms that are making this incredible beverage and then the art in taking all those flavors and blending them together. And it was really, really cool with the Creek to see Jason share and educate Brad and Zach on that entire pro and all of us on that entire process and to taste the barrels individually and then see how they come together and have it be so perfect is just absolutely mind blowing. Something not a lot of people get to really see like that, that, that blending side. It's yes. It's so cool. There's it's so cool. Even, you know, the sours are one thing, but even, you know, I think barrel aged Imperial stouts and things like that are almost Mm -hmm. a dime a dozen anymore. Everybody's got one. And, I think people miss out on that side with them, too, of the blending between barrels and, and, and how it all comes together to create one product. It's, um, if you guys can find a way to uh, to bring the average beer drinker in on that journey. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Um, it was one of the key pieces of beer knowledge I learned from Lin- Lindsay. talks about this all the time, is that it's scary. It's taste. It's sour. Yeah. But that is an evolution of your brain. Your natural instinct is that that's going to make you sick in history and growing. And we ask everybody when they walk in, take three sips of beer. By the third sip, your brain adapts. You say, okay, I get the sour, but you get the rest of the flavor. Right. And it's, we were teaching our whole staff here is I did a tour what, a couple months ago and I said, when you go out and order beer, order something that you're not comfortable with. I will get you another beer if you don't like it, but take your sips and open your mind a little bit and taste it. And when you get to those three sips, your first one's, oh, I don't normally like that. But the third one, you've turned a consumer into a new consumer mm-hmm. by opening their brain to it. And I think that with the sours, yes, we have a lot of drinkable, balanced sours, but it's those open the floodgates to really getting into an amazing art and science in beer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So what's coming down the pike? What is... You know, we've seen the river town of old and I think everybody's kind of starting to see what the river town today is. How do you keep, how do you keep building this? What's, what's next for oh. river town? <laughs> <laughs> it's so exciting because really what we are most excited about is that the only thing holding us back is ourselves. So really being open-minded and getting the entire team involved on the evolution of Rivertown is huge. We have 57 team members that work with us, and everybody has such brilliant ideas and are so excited to build. Like, we're building this all together. I think something that Rivertown has not done before that we are doing on October 6th, starting at 11.30? Noon. Noon is Craftoberfest. We are doing a big, yes. awesome Oktoberfest, like German band, tents. Yes. We have eight <laughs> uh, local craft brewery partners that are going to be coming up and joining us here as well. But authentic. Do, do we know who they are? Are we saying who they we are? are? A few of them confirmed. I know Fig Leaf's going to bring their beer by. I believe it's 50 West. We have Fretboard. There'll be a lot of good German styles, a lot of their local uh, Oktoberfest, but we're also going to let the the fly, the flag fly and have a few others. So we're going to have 45, 50 beers on yes. with yes. German music. And the uh, sausages are Jason's recipe made by Avro Blay. We'll have pretzels, but we just really want to have an opportunity to have a big old party up here for 
industry people, for consumers, for guests, and just have a fun time. So yeah, October 6th, it will be amazing. Come up and join Rivertown. Check out our Facebook for more information. So that's something that's really exciting happening. Yeah, all the details will go live Monday. There'll be a flyer, cheap tickets to get in, basically just a big party, good time. And I want as many industry people to come and share beer. But that's the whole point of it is to see what's going on in the Oktoberfest scene and see what else is and, and just connect the dots and bring everybody up. Yeah, Oktoberfest is, is by far my favorite beer drinking season, if that's a thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's something about about the style, you know, the Marzen kind of fest beer style. But then just like that community aspect of it. So um, if we want to kind of get a little geeky about it, you know, Oktoberfest in, in Munich in order to be a beer served at Oktoberfest, it has to be local. It's a yes. local festival, and I don't think people realize that it's not about it's not about German beer. You know, right. No, it doesn't matter if you're a German beer. You have to be brewed in Munich right there because it's a local festival. And that's, you know, it's, yes, it's fun to have some kind of Oktoberfest festival where you're pouring a bunch of German beers and stuff, but that's not what Oktoberfest is. Oktoberfest right. is about being local and, uh, um, you know, I, I, that's fun, fun to see. It's super cool, too, because from October 22nd to October 7th, uh, Jason and Chef Zach and Josh have worked together to do an authentic German menu. So, like, uh, we're talking, like, roasted chicken and in-house made special? sausages. Special? Yes. <laughs> yes. All of that. Um, and of course, we will have Dunkel featured on draft as well. So yeah, it's oh, yeah. we're really we all love this time of the year oh, yeah. and being able to bring people together. Yes, and hopefully the weather holds up and we get a nice, nice warm Oktoberfest yes. season. <laughs> It'll be tented and full anyway, so everybody will stay warm. There'll be enough beer to go around. Yeah, um, Justin, do you want to talk a little bit about where everything's going brand wise? Yeah, and I think you're going to see a lot more. You've seen the evolution. The cans have changed. I think you're going to have sour program on accessible sours is going to keep going. I'm going to show off something that's coming up here shortly. This will be the first peek outside of the four walls, but we move into the sour program. (laughs) The next release after after Lemon Bar is Cryptocurrency, which will be Aronia Berry, Currants, Belgian Pie Spice, but it'll be a dark sour. Nice. I wasn't going to talk about it, but it's something that I think it's continuing the evolution of what the labels look like, the, the next level um, of really showing a personality in beer. You'll have our baseline products, which will have new updated packaging, but really true Rivertown. And then you're going to see innovation with innovative packaging. And then you're going to see very traditional style, sour, traditional style sours come out in traditional sour packaging. And I think the evolution of the brand is that we're going to be bold, we're going to be inventive, and we're going to get out there and talk about it. The difference is is that when I join in the, these four walls, there's so much good going on. I'm like, why aren't we screaming this everywhere? Right. And now we have a lot of people out there talking, and I love sending late Lindsay, Jason, myself. We talk about beer. I just I like to sit down at any account and just talk about beer and give them what we have. I'm not going to push, but we're going to make such cool stuff that we just want to show off for the first time instead of having within the four walls it's it's going to be a you're going to see a lot of presence in the market with the beer um and maybe if we're lucky you'll send me some of these labels and stuff and we can link them in the show notes for people so they can see them and oh uh, absolutely um, yep it it's exciting to see 
it's a side. It, you know, I, I don't want to keep harking back to what Rivertown was before, but there was there was definitely a like a like a thing that was going on there that people were excited about and people were talking about. And I see that returning, and I see that 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 that, that excitement about what Rivertown is. And Rivertown is not. It's not about barbecue. It's not about even barrels. It's not about. It's not even really about the beer. It's about this this underlying Yo. kind of culture that's here. And this this. Um... <laughs> are we are we talking about that? <laughs> it's not far away. Um, you guys are doing some really fun stuff here. So, isn't it pretty? It's really pretty. So I'm being shown another label for, um, is it a Brute Style IPA? Um, which means we now have to talk about Brute Style IPA and what exactly that means because um, I think it's still new enough that people are not. So this is another can, another label for a can of a Brute Style IPA. So basically you're adding an enzyme to the beer to completely dry it out. We talked about it a little bit when I was at Sonder with, uh, with everybody there, but um, it just dries it out. It doesn't make it taste like champagne. It just it takes do- every bit of residual sugar, which is it's so hard to understand because when you think about an IPA, you don't think about it being sweet. Right. But there's so much sweetness there. Until, yes. until you try one that has all that pulled out, you don't even realize. And I think it's... Jason and I got in the conversation a couple months back, and I was fortunate to spend a lot of time on the West Coast last year. And people are... You don't see many in package. They're starting to roll out, but I was fortunate to try a bunch. And it was just a new, different style where you look at it, it's almost crystal clear. It's lighter than a lager, but the ABV is high. It's hops high and it's got crazy different flavors and the way you approach it is that it's very drinkable for an IPA with high alcohol but you can do cool things when you dry it out right so you can add extracts you can add different fruit you can bring up the different notes I'm not going to talk too much about ours I think overall because <laughs> it's different but when it comes to brute is a champagne style it means dry that's why it makes sense, but the effervescence is there. The way it ferments is it, it is bubbly, it is carbonated, it pulls out big notes on the nose, and being able to add in Hallertau Blanc and bring in stone fruits is you almost do get a champagne style right. taste to it. And I think it's what's become popular on the West Coast is we're going to push the envelope a little bit and and add a couple different things where you'll see That's a fun. bunch of uh, Burt's coming out. Everybody's going to start doing them. It's a new style, but in Rivertown fashion, Jason says. I'm not just going to make this. And then he sends me a recipe and we're going to make something different <laughs> and it's going to stand out. And, uh, yeah, it, it's fun. It's fun to release something where Jason's brain can formulate a taste in his head of something he wants and to see it come to life is crazy. It's, it's a cool thing. And it's fun to see all of these things making their way out into packaging. Yes. I, you know, as much as, as much as it's really fun to go to a tap room Speaking from personal experience, I've got a little demon child at home that doesn't let me leave the house sometimes. And it's there are some times when a beer comes out, it's way easier just to run to Jungle Gyms, yes. grab a six-pack, come home, sit on the couch, quietly sob to myself while I drink it. <laughs> sometimes that's what you have to do. And um, so I appreciate seeing a lot of these things making their way into packaging. Yes. And speaking of packaging... We had our last bottling day I don't, this week. I don't want to talk about it. It's, I know that it's exciting, and, and it is exciting, because I, 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 don't, I don't buy bottles if I have a choice. I, cans are definitely the way to go. 
But it's kind of sad to see. It's, it was, you know, when you when you walked into Rivertown, that bottling line was the Huge. centerpiece. Yes. And then, <laughs> just by the very nature of it having to be. Yes. Um, it, it, it's sad to see it go, but it's definitely a signal of what's to come. Especially with, you know, the way that uh, the, the trend of cans with mm-hmm. labels put on them, you can... You can do just as many different beers now. Like, you know, was, that was always the argument for right. for bottles. Is that, well, you can you can have you know you know more of a variety of things you put out. And that's not the case anymore. So um, it's good to see. Yes. I, I like cans, especially. So I'm I'm camping this weekend. I'm leaving here to go take all my things out to the our little campsite we're setting up, and one of those things is a cooler that's full of nothing but canned beer. So. Exactly. <laughs> Um, it's it's perfect, and I uh, I'm really excited to see what it all brings. If we can, I mean we're we're almost out of time, but if we can kind of take a step back and kind of look at the bigger picture, I know that the last um, couple years have been insane as far yes. as what's happened with Rivertown. Um, if you could like look. Look, look at all that, and if somebody came to you today and said, hey, I've got this idea, I'm going to start a brewery, <laughs> what would you tell them? Oh. What is the advice? My advice to them would be pad in. So if you think that you need like two months of padding of the, oh shit, I didn't expect that to happen, really pad in like double or triple that and plan for things to just not go on time. And then the other piece, too, that I would say is anybody that you want to work with, interview at least four different vendors before choosing your vendor. Those would be those would be the two things. And then also make sure that everything that you do is with integrity and morality, because when you do things the right way, you will constantly get... <coughs> rewarded and good will come back to you so yeah so pat an extra oh shit time interview at least four vendors before you pick one and integrity and morality i i think that that last little integrity morality part is something that um i would love to spend a lot of time talking about i think uh i told you about some of the uh the articles that i'm writing coming up in the next week or two that kind of deal with that whole thing too and uh you know there's Beer is is a very different type of business, and I don't think everybody understands that it's not normal, and that's a very good thing. Like it's 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 very different. Like this it, is it's, yes. it's it's run by good people. It's patronized by good people that um, do this for lots of other reasons than uh, just to grab a beer or to spend some money or make some money. So yeah, it's really interesting too, just how much it has evolved, but. I've been blessed to not have been taught anything else because, I mean, it is, it's a lot of work. I mean, building anything, really, whether it's a family, whether it's a business, whether it's work, whatever it is, it always takes a lot of effort. There's a lot of hills and valleys that go on with that. But at the end of the day, I've been so blessed to just have the same message reinforced of when you do things with good intent, good things happen to you. And I'm a big believer that, you're not ever given anything that you can't handle and everything happens for a reason and you just got to stick in there. Even when things seem absolutely impossible, know that they're not. And when you come up against something, just stand firm and continuing to work through it. 
Would you do anything differently looking at kind of the way it's all come together here? Like with the space itself? Just with anything. You know, we are... What I would do differently is what we're working on. We're doing some evolution in terms of the look in here. (laughs) So you're going to see like we're changing up the merch, getting new merch in, kind of changing up the format of the barrel house here. Looking back... I would have built in more like, oh, crap, that timeline isn't what we thought it would be or something like that. But you want to know what? Overall, I am. I still drive up almost two years later because we actually, yeah, it's been over two years since, wow, since we broke ground and everything. And I'm still totally blown away. And when I'm here and I see guests walking in enjoying our beers or I get to talk to them. And on Fridays, we do beer 30 at 3.30 and whoever is in the barrel house gets a sample of whatever Rivertown beer we're featuring that week, but I'm just totally blown away that, like, I get to be a part of all of this and that I have people around me that love to be a part of all of it and are on the journey. So I really don't think that there would be much that I would do differently because we wouldn't be in this place if we did, but I am really looking forward to, uh, you know, people really want some personality on the walls. It's going to be Awesome. So there's that going on. So, yeah. That's a good hint. Yes, yes. Constant evolution. Absolutely. Adding little things, little personality. And we talk about it all the time is tell the story. Tell the story of who Rivertown is, about the beer, but show it off in every element you get. Like so, People talk about social media and posting and posting. Nope. Post who you are. Be honest with it. And I'm a big believer in Simon Sinek and find your why and yeah. why are we doing this? And we're doing it for the right reasons. And that's that's why I joined the, the crew here. Everybody grows together. We go through a lot of ups and downs together so far, but it's the momentum is what makes it worthwhile. And just seeing the passionate people, you can be having a bad day and show up here and somebody else will bring you back up. And that's the best part about being in the beer industry is that mm-hmm. people love being here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, what have you guys had recently locally that you're excited about that isn't Rivertown? Oh, or have you had time to drink anything that isn't Rivertown? You want to know what? I have to say, like our beer, we've always had, we've obviously always had Rivertown beer at our house, but since like the beginning of the year, our fridge is just totally stocked <laughs> with Rivertown all the time. Like Controla is is the number one in our house currently. Um, I actually had a beer this morning. That doesn't sound right. That's all right. <laughs> I mean, it's Friday morning sales meetings. kind of yeah. a weekend. <laughs> we have Friday morning sales meetings. So, yeah, um, I tried a beer from... It's the collaboration. I apologize because the name is escaping me. Uh, from Streetside and Platform. It'd sure be a lot cooler if you did. Yes. yes. That's it. That that was quite tasty. Yeah. They're, they're doing some fun stuff there. Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh I have to get a quick shout out to Maracuja from Rheingeist recently. I had it on Nitro and it was tasty. Very, very tasty. One of those last night at Jungle Gems while I was finishing up our grocery shopping. <laughs> There's a lot of good fruits, smoothie, Berliner style out there right now. And it's Cincinnati is becoming a hotbed for it. Well, I think it's fun to see people finding other uses for Nitro. You know, you yes. talk about the Nitro yeah. whip and the... Uh, Maracuja is another one of those ones that, like, you know, if you had come to me five years ago and said, 
what is a nitro beer? Well, it's a, it's a stout. <laughs> you know, it's something right. that's trying to look like Guinness. And, like, that's not the case anymore. No, like, it's... Like, nitro is being used in lots of really fun, different ways. And Yes, it is. And it's so neat to just to see the different innovation because there is some... Nitro does so many different things to the beer and the body and the flavor. Right. And it's a really cool educational point that we like to showcase here because we have Roebling on nitro and co2 we have pineapple whip on nitro and co2 and to be able to educate guests that come in here about like yeah this is the difference and right. to have them taste it is it's pretty cool yeah. what do you want people to know about rivertown that you think they don't already know i think it's that we focus on a lot of different styles of beer but it impacts a lot of different types of consumers. So open your mind to what you think you might like and try something different because you just might find you like it. When it comes to Berliners, Sours, with big fruit profile, different flavorings, I think it's the education side of Rivertown is that we're here to talk, tell you what you like and compare it with what you like now, but also to show you the next level of your beer your beer journey it's, it's developing your palate and worst case scenario if you come in here as not a beer drinker and you try some beer and you don't like it you can have some pickles and cornbread and the <laughs> world is okay <laughs> it all works out yes absolutely what about you Lindsay? what do you want people to know about Rivertown that you think they don't already know We have been blessed to have been in business for almost nine years. It will be nine years in December. And what I want people to know is very much along what what Justin said. It's important to always try things that are different and kind of push your palate. And with the different beers that we do, we truly have something for everyone. But I think maybe what people don't always know is that we have a lot of history, we have a lot of experience, and technically we are a very, very sound brewery. So you can be assured that when you have a beer from Rivertown, like when you have Controla, that is exactly an accurate representation to the style. And we're very blessed to have Jason and the brew team to be not only very technically sound, but also very inventive as well. So really, it's just check out Rivertown. What you thought you knew about Rivertown it's a good time to revisit and kind of rediscover everything. Well, and for anybody that has not been to Rivertown, so there are seven breweries in Cincinnati that are older than Rivertown. One of them is Miller. One of them is Sam Adams, Rock Bottom, and Hofbrau House. So you throw those out. That, right. <laughs> that you've, got, you've got three, like, breweries that are that are local great crescent listerman and mount carmel yep that are and it's all about that same period of time now mount carmel has a couple years but um this is like as we talk about you know the veterans of craft beer in cincinnati and and rivertown is is easily the veteran of the veterans you know like you know you you think you you haven't been here why not and Get up here and uh, and do the Rivertown thing. Get some yeah. food. Get some beer. We have tours. We have, of the, course, for those that... An amazing patio. Amazing patio. We have live music on Friday and Saturday nights. Um, all of our arcade games are up here, all set to free play. So 
there's really no reason to. We have like a full experience. You can yeah. come and just drink beer, have the taproom experience. You can come and eat. You can come and play games. Just we are a place. It was important to us to have a place where people can gather and just engage with each other and take a moment and yeah, be like, "Hey, let's talk. Let's not be on our phones." It's, it's definitely wonderful. the um, the easy one with my family. Where if you say, "Hey, let's go out." to dinner somewhere. Yes. Andrew needs to be, or sorry, the gnome needs to be at a brewery. <laughs> like it's, uh, you know, it, it becomes that, that easy place that everybody can agree on. And yes. then, uh, I think it's the first time I've used my own name in the show. That's, <laughs> that's it. That's it for us. Since he Brewcast. <laughs> um, thank you guys very much. Thank you so um, much. I appreciate everything. Seriously. If you haven't tried some of the stuff that's been coming out recently from Rivertown, get, get up here, get to your local bottle shop, grocery store whatever that place is you buy beer and, and try it um if you like weed get some high because it's, <laughs> it smells like weed <laughs> since he broadcast the voice of sense of craft <laughs> <laughs>